0: Hey, how's it going out there, everybody? Welcome to the Drum Shuffle. Jamie Eads joining you as always. This is episode 94. I hope each and every one of you are surviving. Uh, what's going on in the world today? It's, it's weird. Um, I don't know how else to say it. Uh, I hope you are... Practicing your social distancing and staying out of public places. Uh, I hope everybody is doing well in this. Uh, Just know that we're thinking about every single one of you all the time over here at the Drum Shuffle. We've got a great episode for you today. I am going to be joined by Carlton Banks, just a super drummer out of the UK. Uh, Also the CEO and founder of Collision Drumsticks. Uh, He'll talk a little bit about that, but we had a great chat last week and i know you're going to get a lot out of that interview so uh he'll be on right after this message from our sponsor los cabos drumsticks the best kept secret for drummers is finally out los cabos drumsticks may look like the sticks you grew up with but these are not your father's drumsticks los cabos drumsticks is canada's number one drumstick brand and they are coming to a retailer near you With operations in over 28 countries worldwide, thousands of drummers have already discovered the Los Cabos difference. Using FSC certified wood from Canada and the US, Los Cabos make the finest quality drumsticks, percussion tools, and accessories on the market. The best news, Los Cabos Drumsticks offers you a ton of choice. They have 22 individual drumstick models and 14 percussion tools, many of which are available in three different wood types, maple, white hickory, and red hickory. Red hickory comes from the center, or heart, of the hickory tree and has been independently proven to be both stronger and more elastic than white hickory without adding a lot of weight. While most drumstick manufacturers have shunned Red Hickory, Los Cabos Drumsticks has embraced it, becoming the only established stick brand in the world to offer a full line of Red Hickory drumsticks. To learn more about Los Cabos Drumsticks, visit them online at loscabosdrumsticks.com, follow them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and don't forget to ask for Los Cabos Drumsticks at your favorite retailer. Dare to be different. Join the Red Hickory Revolution with Los Cabos Drumsticks. All right, guys and girls, as I mentioned, we're going to be joined by Carlton Banks here in just a moment. Uh, Carlton is a young guy uh, from... The north of England, uh, over in the UK, um, just a super smart young man. Uh, he has been playing for a lot of years. Uh, he was a member of uh, the the very popular young English band SRS for quite some time. He has played with one of the most popular DJs in all of Great Britain for quite some time. Uh, he is also a lawyer. Uh, And uh, over the years, he decided he was going to start his own brand. uh, And he started a drumstick company in the UK called Collision Drumsticks. And we wanted to get Carlton on to talk about kind of all of those things, how you can transition from being on the road, uh, taking control of your career and and running your career not being a side man in a band so uh it's a great conversation i hope you'll enjoy it and connect with carlton on all his social uh media channels uh so please help me welcome to the drum shuffle carlton banks carlton good afternoon how are you sir
1: good afternoon jamie yes i'm very well thank you for asking how about yourself
0: well i can't complain too much uh it's my understanding that you're actually stateside right now. Welcome to America. We're closed.
1: <laughs> thank you so much. Yes, thank you for the warm welcome. Yes, I know it's a, it's a very interesting time to be in America. It's a very interesting time to be anywhere in the world at the minute with uh, with COVID nineteen and and the virus. My gosh.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is just bananas, and you know, I mean, I think we're all in just uncharted territory really i mean i i know that mm-hmm. you're over here you know taking care of some business and we'll we'll get into all that but um yeah. you know ha- how bizarre is it that you come over from the uk and you know i don't know exactly when you got here but I- i'm assuming you haven't been able to get out and see a whole lot <laughs> and visit a whole lot of places right
1: no absolutely i mean it's not my first time to the states i've been coming here since i was a kid i mean it started off with disneyland you know that old shebang you know for yeah us, for us uk citizens for us brits as it were um but Definitely, you know, it's definitely put a, a bummer on the uh, the occasion coming out, and like you said, it's, it's meant meetings have had to be postponed and rearranged, and we've had to really take some guerrilla tactics to this and try and you know <laughs> overcome the situation for for sure. But yeah, it seems very much like America is closed at the minute, Jamie.
0: Yeah, it, it, well, I mean, I think that's that's fair to say. I mean, you know, and, and I feel bad for you because it's like you know I could have done all of this via Skype from my living room. <laughs> back home in yeah, Britain, and uh, you know, you got the plane ride and not much else, really. You know, um, I know
1: with the Denver weather at the minute as well, you can't even get a break there. You come out, you you're hoping for the snow at least for the ski season, and you're getting turned away at the, uh, the slopes, and, and it's drizzly. It's much of the same. It's like England,
0: <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Well. Well, again, welcome to the states, and thanks for taking time to come on the drum shuffle. We really do appreciate it. Um, Let's, uh, as I tend to do with all of my guests, let's let's go let's rewind and let's start at the beginning. Growing up in the UK, um, you know, and and I I I never ask anybody their exact age, but talk to me a little bit about how you got into drumming and who those early influences were i mean it, i think for most drummers it's they can point to a band or a group or an artist that that hey i really wanted to start playing yeah. at that point so walk us through that
1: Absolutely. So, I mean, firstly, thank you, Jamie. I just want to say this, this podcast, what you're doing is absolutely incredible. I've been witnessing and listening, you know, the n- number of weeks now, you know, ahead of getting on the podcast and having the opportunity to speak with you. You know, some of the, the previous, you know, guests that you've had on board, Nate. you know, and a few of the earlier episodes with a number of drum manufacturers, it's, it's just incredible what you're doing and giving those guys an outlet as well as, you know, your thoughts and feedback to the community i think it's just absolutely inspiring oh, to say the least. so
0: thank, thank you, you. First and you're making me blush and- now so <laughs>
1: Absolutely. No, honestly, you know, those those particular individuals in the industry that are certainly leading the way and trying to not only make a name for themselves, but also give back to the community, I think it's, you know, incredibly, you know, hugely humbling. And I think it's really inspiring as well. And it certainly adds a fire to what we're doing with the brand. But I mean, in terms of my, you know, my story, and where where I begin, my gosh. Um, so <laughs> at the moment, you know, currently I'm 22, you know, and all, albeit I'm, I'm fairly young to say the least in the drumming world and, and in life generally. For me, my beginning started way back when I was about six, seven years old. And, and firstly, to answer that question directly, you know, my main inspiration, you know, is the, say bands or, or artists, for me, it was actually a family member. So my cousin, uh, Michael, he was a avid bass player and guitarist, and he was someone that I always turned to musically for inspiration. He always had a guitar in his hand. He was always involved actively in bands and, and continues to be. But for me, it was a case of my first outlet was guitar, I tried you know guitar at at that early age and whether it be couldn't you know grasp the the technical aspect of it or whether it was just the the sheer lack of interest in it or you know i wasn't resilient enough in it to to take interest so that's really where it started for me so it was almost a failure at the start you know that that aspect of where do i pivot to or turn to now and instead of turning outside of the the arts or the industry i switched quickly to drums and got my first kit for my eighth birthday it was a performance percussion green kit. It was, you know, a 10, 12, 14, 22, 14 inch snare, you know, the old shebang, you know, everyone remembers that first kit I released. I do. Oh, yeah, uh, and for, for me, sure. that was, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And for me, it was, you know, that, that real starting point and, you know, quickly progressed into getting lessons and really took a, a real keen passion to that. And that's really where, where my influence started and, and the journey began
0: for me. Okay. I got you. Now, I, so obviously i mean i don't have any you know guidepost as to that time across the pond right you you know when you when you started but talk to me about who were the big you know musical groups that that really you know kind of did it for you at that time
1: definitely so it was sort of the or or Three, four, five, six, sort of era. So it was sort of the beginning of the '90s pop weas so as that was ending. It was it was a lot of sort of you know Oasis. It was a lot of you know a lot more Britpop, a lot more up and coming. And even even my influences were were '80s. You know a lot of '80s. You know whether it be Go West, whether it be you know the, you know I mean, Bon Jovi. You know really vibrant influences definitely were inspiring to me and you know my mom and dad you know the inspiration to me as well you know they they had everything on in the car really they were the, the driving force behind what I was what I was listening to at the time you know my first you know Digital device was an iPod, you know the the old iPod <laughs> Shuffle Nano, you know, and and I had that playlist jammed up with everything from Julio and Enrique Iglesias all the way through to like you say Metallica and <laughs> the Call. I gotcha, like, yeah.
0: Was, you so know, so you everything you everything
1: and anything.
0: You, you got a full diet, in other words, you know, so... Yeah,
1: absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And then obviously we had local influences as well. We had, you know, ACDC, you know, Brian Johnson coming from the northeast of England, which is where I'm predominantly from born and raised, you know, Durham, County Durham, Newcastle. So that's to give you a bit of an idea. Geographically, it's about three hours north of of London outside the big smoke. So for us, um, you know, the country um, is, is probably the best way to describe it, you know. So, so with that, you know, there wasn't many outlets to get involved in the industry in, and really it was a case of having to, having to pave your way for sure. But those, those initial icons were there, certainly Sting, of course, um, yeah. another Newcastle-based uh, Geordie, as it were. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, at the time, and he, he was certainly an influence with the police and, and everything he was doing in, in terms of his solo projects for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, okay, so that gives me an idea, you know, of, uh, of what you grew up on. Now, you, you mentioned your first digital yeah. device was, was an iPod. My first digital yeah. device was a calculator, so that, that should tell you how old I <laughs> oh my am, gosh. so... <laughs>
1: Bring chicken. Yeah. yeah. Bring chicken.
0: <laughs> Man, you come on and yeah. make a guy feel old on his show. Thanks, Oh, my Carlton, gosh. You're you making me blush now. <laughs> uh, well, so, uh, all right. So you said, you know, you got your first kit and it transitioned into lessons. And, you know, yep. growing up, you know, so far north of London, you know, you you refer to it as the country, you know, County Durham. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, that is a little bit off the beaten path you know were there yeah. lots of outlets for lessons or did you did you kind of do the school music programs talk to me a yeah. little bit about your early teachers
1: so for me personally, growing up, I kept, you know, my hobbies being music and my education as two separate entities. You know, for me, that was a personal choice. That was not something that was, you know, instilled upon me from parents or anything like that. They were, honestly, I can't tell you mo- enough, Jamie, how much of a, an inspiration and how open they were, you know, and supportive of everything I did, you know, and it continued to be to this day. So for, for me, my, you know, how it operated was with that kit came, you know, I, it was purchased by my parents from um, a music teacher at the time, my, my first music teacher, Rachel. Um, now, Rachel was involved in multiple projects, you know, female or girl bands, you know, John Jet and the Runaways type, Bands all the way through to, to you know rock groups, and she continues to teach as well to this day. So, I, I first got my lessons you know at age eight, and you know kept it separate to school. And um, you, you know in England to give you some context, you can get lessons um, at school um, at public school, which is where I went. And um, you know as early as sort of secondary, which is everywhere in ages between 11 and, and 16. So I you. That's right around high school. I'm not yeah. too sure. Middle school, I'm not too sure. Um, I'm probably going to get. No, no, no. You're, you're, so, you're oh exactly right.
0: You're exactly right. Oh, 11, <laughs> Eleven is middle school here and, you know, 16 would be about halfway through the high school career, so to speak.
1: Okay. Yeah, so perfect. Yeah. So so literally, yeah, exactly. So almost a mirror. So you, you could and then obviously continue studies as, as far as you wanted to go. If you wanted to get a diploma, you could. And um, but for me, yeah, music started from from those those lessons and, and for me I started doing grades. So in England we have a RLS rock school. You can go with Trinity Guildhall, all these different sort of exam um, you know, opportunities there and, and schooling um, you know, for the books, but I definitely wanted a more rock bass palette, rock-based approach. So, again, it was, you know, the police, it was, you know, ACDC, it was free, it was, you know, even you know more modern, you know, Muse, you know, artists like that. So, you know, the very first track I learned on the drums was Time Is Run Out by Muse. Now, you know, that comes with some complex, you know, fills, and for someone who's eight, you know, at the time, it was definitely something, you know, that was a bit hard to swallow, but, you know, working away at it with Rachel and I'm a bit of a perfectionist when it came to to the drums and when it came to my studies and I definitely wanted to go for the distinctions rather than you know just go for the passes where you know that you know that just suits me and uh continued that through to about grade five six where you know school sort of took over and you know once I got to the end of middle school and high school it was a case of you know what what now almost a university or, or college in the states and really really where the 2 parted ways, and I had alternative hobbies outside of drumming. I had swimming and lifeguard, and that was a big aspect. And trying to run that and, and have a job on the side was a bit of a, a struggle. But, you know, you try to, to balance that school life, work, and, and drum balance as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and I think that's a similar story to a lot of folks, you know, I mean, whether they did, mm-hmm. you know, whether they, you know, here in the States, it's marching band and, and you know, jazz yeah, band mm-hmm. and, and things like that. But I mean, you know, for me, I can only speak for me, you know, I, I took the same route uh-huh. that you did in that, you know, oh, wow. Put on, you know, the Led Zeppelin record or, you know, the the, the Aerosmith record and just figure it out. You know, when when I was coming up, there was no YouTube. I mean, heck, there was no Internet, (laughs) you know, when when I first started playing. So you really, Uh uh, you know, here in the States, it was Modern Drummer magazine. You know, you could get some transcriptions in there, but... You know, so it was I think it's a very similar way that that I came up Mm -hmm. in in that, you know, this is what I do and I'm going to figure it out kind of thing. So um, the the difference being you were actually taking lessons and, you know, that's something that I just never did, you know, much, much to my demise later in life. You know, it's one, yeah. well, one of the biggest regrets I have was not having, you know, any formal lessons when I was young, you
1: know? Right. Yeah.
0: So did you, you know, did you start forming, you know, what we would refer to here in the States as garage bands? I mean, were you, you know, with your yeah. mates from school, <laughs> yeah. you started forming bands, I'm assuming?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So that that came into play right around, you know, like I said, as soon as as soon as I started, um, you know, playing, I was I was hungry to join bands. And sorry, I, I missed that out. But to mention that um, directly, you know, at seven, I was so passionate about you know trying music, and then by eight, I was getting my first kit. And you know, shortly after that, that's when I actually joined my first band. So I was actually involved, you know. And, and you talk about the country and opportunities and. There, there wasn't that huge outlet. There wasn't that many, you know, there were many opportunities at the time. So you really had to be, you know, quite tactical as to how you got out of the country and across, the, you know, the UK and, and try and travel and try and, you know, gig tactically and, and things like that. So for me, my first band at age eight, nine, was, I was involved in the UK's youngest tour and band. So I was actually out on the road, you know, at eight, nine years old with, you wow. know, a whole bunch of other eight, nine year olds as well. Um, and we were called uh, and, and that band actually had a prior existence before my involvement, um, and that was called the Little Giants. So there was an even younger band at the time, um, wow. you know, prior to my, you know, involvement, and then obviously joining at that point, it was a case of you know, wow, you know, what an opportunity this was. And, yeah, it started off as a, garage brand, as a garage band, Jamie. And, you know, from there, it quickly evolved into having, you know, our first gig. And, you know, with, you know, the singer Jack and Jay, the guitarist at the time, you know, those guys were coming off the back of a, a bit of a tour or a, definitely a number of weekenders. And, and for me, it was a case of Carlton, you know, you're going to have to learn 30 tracks. And by the way, we're going out in two weeks' time. And, you know, for me, that was, you know, I think that's a lot of taking for anyone, you know, let alone someone who's nine years old to think that's thing too so it's a good job you know that Rachel you know my folks and especially you know aside from that you know my grandfather as well you know my grandfather Malcolm he you know my rock my idol he's truly you know my inspiration I definitely want to mention that to you Jamie you know he is you know the man who's first there at the start of the set helping you know with everyone piling the, you know getting the gear out the back of the bus and you know loading in all the way through to sitting there throughout the entire set he's never missed a show um, and, and continues to as well, you know. And uh, even though I'm not in that band anymore, you know, more session work it comes up. You know, he's, he's still there supporting me.
0: That's awesome. I'm well, so, so all right. So I want to I want to go down a rabbit hole for just a second. That's I don't want do. I, I don't yeah. want to derail our whole uh, our whole interview here. I but I want to point out a very cultural, a, a very big cultural difference. You know, you're yeah. out on the road. As a little tyke, you know, playing the the, the pubs <laughs> yeah. and the bars, that's yeah. a huge difference from here in the states. You know, I put together right. my first band at about twelve or maybe wow. thirteen, and yeah, the only place that we could go play were at like you know, uh, uh, you know, the the teen center or the the Y M C A. Because, you know, the drinking age in the States is 21 and (laughs) the the bars that have music, I mean, some of my most fond memories coming up was, you know, knowing the older guys that had the bar bands that would, you know, sneak me in or whatever and and let me watch. But, Uh you know, you're playing the pubs in England as just a little bitty guy that opportunity yeah. would not exist in this country at all
1: wow i would not have known that but of course it makes a lot of sense obviously knowing you know whether it be prohibition you know different things over throughout history you know it, it,
0: Wow. Yeah, we we just have, uh, we have really weird laws here. You know, I mean, I'm, uh, and I got (laughs) to mention this, you know, we're doing this interview on on St. Patrick's Day. And, you know, I am am of Irish descent. Um, Oh, wow. Even our local Irish pub here in town, you have to be 21 (laughs) to even go in. Okay. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So uh, now there is
1: a very different dynamic. (laughs) It it, it
0: is. And you know, there are rules, you know, if you have a, a, you know, a pub that, that serves food, well then it's okay. But if it's just a pub, you know, a traditional pub, you have to be 21 to even enter the premises here in Kentucky anyway, you know, and it's that way, you know, throughout the South, you know, what we refer to as the Bible belt, you know? Um, So yeah, that opportunity wouldn't exist here in the states so you know you getting to do those shows at such an early age as you're really learning your instrument puts you at a at a huge advantage over a lot of folks wow you know. I didn't.
1: I didn't consider it. You know, thinking, thinking back and looking at it that way. You know, it's it's true. And, and honestly, I can't. I can't say enough. I will, You know, I, I completely am aware. I'm lucky. You know, in terms of that family support. You know, there are certain individuals out there that don't share those same support systems. And, and definitely, I think it's important to build that support network, not only through the communities that they established, but also get involved in other fantastic communities as well. You know, yeah. through, like you said, you know, quite rightly, So the YMCA projects that are, you know, throughout, scattered throughout America. And, and, and I think with technology, Jamie, as well, more and more so, you know, there are, there are more opportunities than ever oh, for yeah. individuals to, to turn to different outlets, you know. Even then, you know, YouTube was still a, a growing thing. It was something that I wasn't hugely in play with. But now you have the likes of Baby Drummer, who's even uh, younger than all of us,
0: you know, yeah d- tearing
1: it up and d- don't get like me started.
0: Don't, don't get me started. I mean, I th- there are guys that you know, you and I look at as drum gods. You know, I, I yes. think, I think Marco Miniman when he was on the show actually said I, I think it was marco i i may be wrong but i think marco said look it only takes a 30 second search to find a nine-year-old kid that can outdrum yeah. anybody you know and it's <laughs> yeah. you, you, so you're so right there are so many outlets now for the youngsters that are taking up yeah. the instrument to to show their their chops and and their abilities and it's amazing, but, you know, I, I am a firm believer, firm believer mm-hmm. that the way you yeah. learn how to play is by doing gigs with a band yes. in front of live human beings. That there's mm-hmm. there is no better education because if you're if you're in your, you know, practice space practicing and yes. you mess up, nothing, you know, there's no stakes there, right? absolutely. If you train wreck Mm -hmm. a band in front of a crowd, you'll never make that mistake again.
1: (laughs) Yes, exactly. And, you you know, and I think there's you know, an opportunity, whether you've been that individual in the past or, you know, you know, you always come into, you know, a collision with that, you know, that type of situation. And, you know, I I couldn't agree more with you, Jamie, you know, on that point, you know, to, to be honest, you know that is you know a true word that's never been spoken. You know the band scene, the whole aspect of getting involved in a group, I think is just so constructive for anything, whether it's inside of the industry or outside of the industry. You know teamwork always makes the dream work. That's what I like to say. And you know for us, it's a big part of you know the projects that I've been involved in. You know we're all pulling our weight. You know at the same time as cutting our teeth with the project. You know there's times where you know you're at, you know cloud nine and you're all working together and. You're 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 writing or recording, or you're playing that that killer show that you just you know you've got that euphoria feeling, you know, like that great feeling, that dopamine rush, but. There's also the laws, isn't there, as well, that, you know, those, you know, almost failures that you have to recognize as well, where, you know, the band might not necessarily, you know, run its course as far as you want it to for whatever reason, or it may be, you know, it never took off, or whatever it may be, you know, you always run that risk. But like you say, I think it's just such an invaluable experience that runs so much beyond. It's tangible. It's real. You can, t- you can see it taste taste you can feel it. Whereas with social and online, there is that disconnect
0: that you have to acknowledge for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I totally agree with you and, and you know, you're, you're wise beyond your years. Uh, you I, know, appreciate it's, it's, I appreciate that. It's Thank because you. you've been gigging for, you know, 20 out of your 22 years on this earth. It sounds like, you know, I, I started while yeah, like I was wound, still in gigging. diapers. Yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah,
1: I've got a lot of catch up on my baby drummers. So <laughs> yeah. <I'm jealous. laughs>
0: So, you know, I know that you played in several, you know, very successful um, groups in the UK. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit, and obviously you were a youngster doing that, but I mean, you did yeah. huge tours with, with yeah. hugely successful groups. So for the folks here in the States that may not be as familiar, talk to me about some of those projects.
1: For sure. Um, in terms of obviously you know gigging and where it led to, it definitely started off with the weekenders for us. You know, it was a big transition for me, going from you know no gigs a week to being out on the road. You know, Friday Saturday Sunday. You know, and traveling. You know, all over not only the northeast, but like you said, sort of regionally as well. And you know, with that came those additional opportunities to get into the festival scenes, to play on you know support slots, to, which then led to sort of the 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 weekenders into the tours and. You know, for me, you know, working with some great people like, you know, even before they made it, individuals such as, you know, Sam Smith, J- James Arthur comes to mind who, yeah. you know, one minute we, we we were higher up on the bill than James in, you know, a festival in the UK. And then all of a sudden he got into the X Factor um, a few years ago and now he's on two assigned to Psycho Records with Simon Cowell, um, you know, and Sony and, and now traveling the world himself so it's just an incredible journey and seeing different individuals Vida who support JLS and, and a number of pop acts on their 360 world tour and just stumbling into these people and falling into these tours was you know nothing but a blessing and you know for me working with with the band and that was with the same project you know I, I was involved with that project for almost a decade of my life you know Pretty much half of my existence was working with those, you know, three, four lads and Jack, you know, the lead singer, I have to say is my best friend, you know, till the end, you know, even though Jack's off doing his own thing now with, with his new group, which is exciting, you know, for me doing the session work and now stumbling into this opportunity with, you know, the brand and, you know, it's just a crazy crazy world we live in, Jamie firstly, and also, you know, it's just amazing, and it's certainly something that I don't take for granted. I'm just forever appreciative and grateful for, for everything, you know. We we even uh, tried to go into Britain's Got Talent, you know, and there was different opportunities there, and, you know, the, it's just a whirlwind, you know, to say the least.
0: Well, for sure, and, you know, you've... Uh, look, you know, it, we all get into this um, mode of you know, comparisons. And, you know, every time, you know, I see somebody my age, you know, I'm in my 40s, you know, I'll see a drummer in their 40s and they've already retired from touring and they did stadiums and, you know, and Mm -hmm. I think, golly, the one that always Mm -hmm. gets me is the fact that, you know, John Bonham died. I think he was 32, when he passed,
1: yeah, right around that age, yeah, I believe you know,
0: 32, 33. So I think to myself, look what Bonham did in 33 mm. years on earth. You know, I'm you know, 10 years older than that, and I, you know, so we get into that m- mode of comparison, right? Yes. And, and, Absolutely. I, and I think it's not good for us. You know, it's great to have goals and shoot for things a, a, as a drummer, a guitarist, yeah. you know, a, a businessman, whatever. But you accomplished yes. all this stuff and you're still a very young man. But I'm envious. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, for sure. But I'm envious because, you know, now you, you mentioned the brand and let, let's talk a little bit about yes. that. At some point, you made the decision. Hey, I'm going to do something a little bit different than you know staying out on the road all the time. I, I think you kind of switched <laughs> to more session work. But talk yes. to me a little bit about some of the transition that you've made over the last couple of years.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it's really probably you know only recently culminated in in the last you know the last two, three, four years into. You know the biggest change, you know, in my life, especially in my, you know, my music career. You know, going from, you know, those gigs and, and playing with the band and the project. You know, to to give that context to you and and the listeners. You know, it, it quickly. You know, it quickly transpired and quickly, you know, assured me that, you know, actually, you know, with my studies and with school, it was quite a, a tying thing. You know, I was whilst I was in the pubs and clubs and, you know, whilst we do sometimes operate those 18 limits, you know, thankfully with licensing and, and council approval, you know, you were able to get around that at the time. So, so we were quite fortunate there. And, you know, that lawyer in me almost, I can't. Captain Comply was, you know, really pushing that, you know, trying to figure out ways that we can overcome, you know, really any obstacle, you know, with the team as well, you know, and the band being the team. And, you know, for me, you know, school, my studies were really a big part of what I wanted to do because, you know, as well as, you know, definitely that kept me grounded. And also, you know, I definitely wanted to come out with that, that, full education and obviously use that to support me if needs be if I needed to fall back on it and some people say you know jump in with a plan A and forget about a plan B but you know for me I mean you've got to you know you've got to you know realize and appreciate you know and factor in that was only 16, 17 at the time so for me school was also I'd ever known as much as music was so transitioning was fairly quickly I transitioned you know going through you know we call college you call high school and you know into university or college you know and you know for me you know at 18 Going, going to college, that's really where I, I've soon realized going to law school that actually, you know, time wasn't on my side anymore. It was going to be a case of, you know, this is something serious that I'm going to, if I want, I'm going to have to knuckle down and really, you know, put my, my head down, as it were, and really spend my time wisely. Well, time management came into it in a big way, you know, and I think a lot of listeners, you know, can appreciate that as well, you know, with whether it be work or whether it be the schooling we 're all facing that reality of life takes over and life happens so for me it was it was law school and you know again, fortunate enough to to live in a country where you know the loans aren 't that ridiculous at the time, and you can you, know, you can almost you know create yourself and you know an opportunity land is what was exciting so to, to come back to the point, you know, transition-wise, you know, I, I left the project because it, it, just the time and the place. It was at university. I was I was out of the town at this point. I couldn't make it back for shows as often as I wanted to. So really, it was just and, and, and Jack wanted to do more with his career, and he was uh, a fair bit younger than me, and, and that that was you know the blessing that we gave, and we, we, we went that way. And now Jack continues in that project, and I I went to, to law school, and whilst I was at law school, an opportunity arose again, Jamie, where. I was in, you know, as we all do, you know, you're young, you're in college, you go to a bar. And when I was in a bar, I saw a drum kit on stage, and it was a really reputable bar and club in the the town in Newcastle, which is, you know, a party town. I'd like to compare it to the Vegas of England, if if I'm there. (laughs) Of (laughs) course. Study, you know, that work life balance, you know. Um, But with that said, you know, that at the bar it was really that transition for me you know there was a kit and I said wow you know I'd love the opportunity to play in front of you know a crowd like this you know everyone was buzzing and there was a lot of positivity in the air and the community spirit was there and I thought you know what let's let's do it so I spoke to the DJ and, and you know the the atypical you know yeah yeah we're all drummers Carlson you know come on <laughs> and uh, you know but I was like no please and I don't know if it was that lawyer in me the, the persuasive element or what but I just managed to, to get his I bend his arm and say yeah go on let, you know get on get on the stage and see what you got and you know the sticks flicks came out and you know all that jazz and you know uh, uh, juggling sticks almost and you know uh, got off the stage after playing about 30 minutes of a a, you know of an hour set almost with, with the DJ and he said you're hired and that was Rob Orton who I was yet to become aware of he was an international world renowned DJ in the early noughties playing with the likes of DJ Sammy, you know, and he was a huge DJ um, across the world globally, bass-hunter, a number of artists that he worked with, Ian Van and um, to say the least. So, you know, Rob opened my eyes to this whole other aspect of music, which was the DJ scene and the drums and DJ aspect of things, and that's where it was going in, in the UK, um, and it was definitely exciting, and that's where I transitioned into that, and I, I started going out with, with Rob and, and, and start DJing and, and playing the drum tracks and DJ tracks and, you know, and trance and whatever it may be. That's what we were doing for for about three years. So by day, I was, you know, a lawyer at law school wearing that hat. And then on an evening, you know, four or five times a week, I was, I was drumming and I was, you know, had the crowd in, in the palm of our hands really it was a crazy, crazy segue, Jamie.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, and, and I know you guys did just some bananas huge shows uh just yes. and huge festivals so incredible it, yeah i mean it, it goes without saying and you know i i want to I, I want to make sure that we get to this and we spend an adequate amount yeah. of time on it but at, at some point you got the idea to start a drumstick company okay yes um, Absolutely, and you know that's why you're in the states right now. Um, and we'll, we'll just go ahead and say it. You know, you are the founder and CEO of Collision Drumsticks. Um yeah, I am. Why in the world? <laughs> the <story>. do, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, and I know it is, but why does such a young drummer, and you know, mm-hmm. and I mean this with all due respect, what no, please, please do what made you say? I can do this better than Vic Firth, than Vader, than Promark, than, you know, Los Cabos. Hey, what made you say, I'm going to start a drumstick company and we're going to be the best in the world? Because I know that's your goal.
1: Yeah. It's a great question, Um, and, and definitely, you know, much respect to those, you know, fantastic brands that are out there. You know, I definitely want to acknowledge the inspiration around that, and it was every brand you've mentioned, you know, there at Promark, Vic Firth, of course, Los Cabos, you know. Aside from all of that, you know, these guys I look at as collaborators, I, I, you know, we, we want to go forward as collaboration and collaborators rather than, you know, we're, we're not in competition. We're, we're one big family. This is a huge industry, yes. huge opportunities. And, yes, you know, I'm, I'm young in the space, but I'm hungry. You know, we're the underdog brand at the minute. We're up and coming. And, you know, we've achieved so much over the last number of years. You know, for us, you know, how I transitioned into, you know, my day-to-day drumming into this in a bigger capacity, I almost had to, I didn't choose to, but it just sort of happened where I almost walked away from the drumming for me and into this, you know, career path that I didn't even consider as that third option. You know, you're either the listener, the performer, or part of the industry, and I didn't even acknowledge that. And it was only until, you know, going through my studies and and acknowledging that in the UK at the time, there wasn't a go-to drumstick brand. There wasn't, and and the buying process and the whole, you know, going into a store and, and having just such an array of choice and not being able to did you sit down or, you know, really hone it into a pair for you, the perfect pair almost, you know, that was really frustrating because I would play with two Vs, one week, five Vs, seven years. you know, I'd go through them. And that was almost the positive because it allowed me to figure out, you know, what size works best, not only for me, but for other artists when it comes to recommending those guys and pointing those guys in the right direction. But certainly the transition arose when, I was at school, and and, and again, that need and desire to create something for the community, you know, I can't express enough to you, Jamie, you know, how much, you know, I exist to serve the community, the team exists to serve the community, you know, the drummers are the why to us. And the reason that is is because we're drummers. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I want to be able to rub shoulders with the best of them and also support, you know, whether you're an international drummer or whether you're a bedroom jammer playing once a month, once a a year, (laughs) even. You know, we feel like, you know, there's a great opportunity for everyone in the community to come together, join a brand where it's, you know, you're, you're part of something bigger than you. And that's really where the inspiration Came from with collision and everything there to, to say the least.
0: Well, so so let me ask you this, and, and this is just yeah, going to show go. show my ignorance of it. But you know, mm-hmm. it, you said there wasn't really a go to brand in the UK. So I, I'm trying yeah. to understand this when you went to a, you know a, a, your local music store, a drum shop, whatever the case may be. Presumably, yes. you, you were seeing all the American brands that had been imported yes. into the UK. So Correct. I, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, if you wanted something that the shop didn't carry in stock, <laughs> they would say, yeah, we'll order that for you. It'll be here in four to six weeks, I'm guessing. Yes. Okay.
1: Absolutely, you know, for us, it was, yeah, and just to, just to, you know, answer that, yes, it was, you know, we were getting imports, you know, we were getting, you know, the Vic First, the Los Cabos, we were getting the Pro Max, you know, and they, they were the big, you know, competitors and the big players in the space, um, and for us, like I say, it's all about community over competition for sure, but, you know, to acknowledge the point, and it's a fair point at the time, walking into the drum store, I guess what I'm trying to get at is we were spoilt for choice. You know, there were so many different varieties that it was almost blinding. You know, there wasn't that that brand that you could. Uh, as, you know, it was just it, you know a drumstick to the you know the lead drummer. You know, w- was a drumstick at the end of the day, and there was no real guidance, so there was no real. And again, it's very, it's a very interesting demographic. It's a very interesting geographic for the UK because everything's regional. We we we. We have a handful of brands. You have, you know, Sweetwater. You have, you know, the bigger brand, Guitar Center. You know, you have a number of nationwide stores where you, you know, snap decision. Where am I going? Where do I need sticks? If you're out on the road or if you're gigging, you're going to go to those particular, you know, like nine times out of ten, you are. But I would always say support local. But for us. We, we had that, but it wasn't really super mainstream. You know, for the for the young, up and coming artist, it was just a case of whatever your music teacher told you to get, you were going to get that. Oh, and I you see. Were gonna be oh, playing that. Okay. So, so oh. for me, that's where it really the the origin was. And. You know, in the community, you know, for sure, there wasn't that brand that was tying everyone together. You know, just to touch on that point we were talking about earlier at the time. You know, there was minimal outlets in the northeast to, you know, whether you were a rising drummer. You know, nines out of ten, you know, Jamie, we're at the back of the stage, aren't we? You know, where where that sole drummer <laughs> at the end of the night. You know, if you, unless you're working on a on a showcase, you know, you're you're going to be maybe the only drummer in the room. So we definitely wanted to create some. Or, should I rather say I wanted to create something where I felt a belonging, I felt a part of something bigger. Sure. And I really wanted to do that for others as well.
0: Well, would it be fair of me to assume that there's a little bit of national pride in, in, in collision drumsticks? I mean, was it, Yeah. you know, did you Almost say, Hey, sure, we, yeah. we, we need to have a UK based drumstick manufacturer. I mean, I, I would assume there's some of that there.
1: Definitely, there are yes, um, especially now. And um, the space is definitely forever changing. You know, the, like the industry, the industry is forever changing, and um, with new brands coming up all the time. And you know, we promote that. We we really do actively promote that. And you know, we can support those brands in any way, shape, or form. You know, whether it's through collaborations, giveaways, whatever it may be. You know, we're always looking for that partnership element to to the brand. But for me, it was the case of yeah, you know, there wasn't at the time really. You, you know, almost three, four, five years ago now, where you know there were symbol brands and there was British drum and there was, you know, a few, you know, Cambridge and whatever it may be, you know, and Liberty, I do have to give Liberty drums a nod as well, you know, they're a regular feature at NAM and they're definitely another, yeah, another great, fantastic Northeast-based company, drum company specifically. Um, Andrew Street, obviously CEO there, which is, you know, phenomenal and and what they're doing is just changing the game. But, you know, in terms of that, it was that inspiration of creating a British-based, UK-based brand where, you know, we tied in all of the regions. We tied in, you know, the other, you know, countries, Wales, Scotland, you know, Ireland, and of course England, you know, together as one drummer, you know, and as one brand. And I think that was really important. With that said, our roots are firmly placed in the UK, but we want to expand. We want to work on it that international global stage. We want to collaborate with other artists. And we, and we do do that, Jamie, you know, we're working with artists in Manila. <laughs> I have phone calls regularly with Lorenzo, <laughs> one of our, our artists over in Manila, Lorenzo Santos, and so definitely a, a real nod to him and everything he's doing out there with Lola Moore, which is phenomenal. They've just got them um, sponsored by Coca-Cola. Um, so they're working with those guys in the studio over there. Um, and, and as far away as Alaska, you know, I have to pay extras and ship, and ship with the team, sticks out to, to Anchorage, and we've got drummers up there and it's just, it is unbelievable where where this you know industry's taken me the brand the team that we're growing daily, which is exciting. And and the the roster, of course, the artist, because, you know, without those guys, you know, we, we wouldn't operate, we wouldn't be doing what we do. And it's, you know, it's cliche as it sounds, you know, they say, you know, if you do something you love, you never work a day in your life, you know, I'm, I think I'm a statement of that, you know, for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, obviously you have a lot of passion around it and, and, you know, kudos (laughs) to you for that, but, you know, in, in music merchandising, you know, I, I, I'm not an expert at this by any stretch of the imagination, but when you're, ah, yeah. when Neither you're, a, <laughs> you know, when you're, in, <laughs> when you're a new brand, you know, and, and you guys have been around, you know, you, it's not like you just rolled this out last week, but you, you're you a, a new brand when we're comparing, you, you know, to some of the other companies that we've mentioned, Definitely the, mm-hmm. the hard thing is, you know, for some guys here in the States, if they don't sell it at Sweetwater or Guitar Center it doesn't exist because that's that's all they know and mm-hmm. shelf space is really really difficult yes. um you know so Absolutely. to and for 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 the listeners that don't understand how this works when you walk into yeah. you know Joe Smith's drum shop Joe yes. Smith didn't call collision directly. He's getting his stuff from a distributor and, and there are several really big ones. You know, there's Big Bang Distribution, there's KMC, there's there's a lot of companies that yes. still have sales reps that drive to these stores and say, hey, here's a new product we want you to carry. And the the yeah. independent shop owner can say, yeah, I'm not going to be able to sell that. No, thank you. Or, or sure, we'll try it. So, yes. Are you having trouble getting shelf space in the American market, given that you are going up against some of those, you know, just giant brands?
1: We pivoted our model, um, right when we started, you know, and we were really figuring out, you know, what do we want this brand to be? You know, what, what are we looking at in terms of, you know, our missions, our core values? And, and to give you the idea, it's, you know, for us, it's all about community to begin with. It's about, you know, quality and it's about personality and, and that independent drummer. So, if, you know, in terms of, you know, if we could just write them down, that's, that's for us what it would be. So we were trying to think of a way that we could best serve our customers or best serve our artists. Ultimately, you know, and really figure out a strategic way to do that. Now, whenever, whenever I've personally been in a, you know, in a store, it, you know, it, it's been hit or miss with the quality and the service. You know, it's especially with the bigger ones because obviously, you know, with scale comes that difficulty of managing time, managing resources, of course. So for us, we really just decided, you know, should we enter the sort of the big box space or should we try to do something online digitally e-com that aspect of things and that's really where we saw more opportunity for us personally you know whereas you know some brands may beg to differ some brands you know are very successful in the big stores we decided very early on through okay. my experiences through the team's experiences that we didn't want our brand to be a brand that is sitting on the shelves of you know the you know a store for us we wanted it almost that Apple model where, you know, you can see it, you can visualize it, you can get the 3D almost aspect of it online. You can have that great customer service, have that follow-up, have that, you know, aftercare where it's it's all personalized to the artist. And that's really where we decided to to go and run with it. So you can't find us, interestingly, in any outlets at the moment. You know, that's, that may change in the future, but for now that's the way we, we're doing business, Jamie. And um, in terms of that, I couldn't be happier. The team couldn't be happier with where we're heading, you know, we're serving more artists through it directly where we're not even on Amazon at the moment, you know, with that, you know, we're personal. We want our own space. We want to, create our little patch in the market and let the artists decide whether they want to come to us or not. You know, and at the end of the day, we'll throw as much love around them as they need and gel and support those guys through product, through artistic support, through even a recommendation. We want to learn from those guys as well as much as they want to learn from us. And, you know, if it's a good fit, it's a great fit and, and, and that's where we're at. And you know, with that said, ultimately we're not in stores. We love being online. We love sharing everything and, and solely exclusively having our website, serving our artists through that. Because we can control that, and I think that's that's where we where we do best and how we best serve our community.
0: That's a you know it's a very interesting business model to me, and yes. you, you know I mean it, because you know like, clearly I'm an old timer now, you know. <laughs> so, yeah. oh, bless you, no, uh, Jamie. You're a young soul, uh, absolutely. So, but you know, I mean, it's just. Why do people use, you know, I, I don't know. Why do people use Ernie Ball guitar strings? Because that's what's there in their face. Yeah. So you taking a business model and, and kind of saying, yeah, that's that's not my business model. Even though that's the one that, oh. that exists, that's not how we're going to do it. I find it really interesting, you know. Um,
1: yeah, I would. I'd like to add. You know, I think there's a change in tides at the minute. I think we're in a very interesting space, not only within this industry but within other industries. You know, you're you seeing a transition out of outlets and physical stores, you know, which are closed weekly, you know, certainly in England, the high street, you know, as it were, you know, you, you are almost outlets here in the US, the game is forever changing, you know, and with Corona and with COVID-19, we're going to see that play out even more, unfortunately. Yeah. So it's all about community. It's all about being unique in an online space. And really that's my forte you know that like you say that that, that younger individual but trying to play to my strengths and with the team's help and with learning from others you know take you know i've taken so much out of having an honest conversation with you today so thank you for that and you know with that said you know that that opportunity for us exists more online now and i think over time we're gonna see that you know move forward into that online space. You know, we're we're hoping that, and we we anticipate that, as do many brands, you know, Amazon, you can see that as, you know, their profits rise and, and as their, you know, that market cap grows and as their company grows, you know, it's unfortunate, but it just seems to be the way that the world's going and, and the way that the world's going. So I feel we can cover a lot more ground a lot faster business-wise online. Yeah. I feel like we can directly influence and access our artists, which is phenomenal. We can, have a, a, you know, we can directly message those artists. You know, years ago, you would have to sit in your store have this, you know, take up shelving, you know, sit there for months, you might sell a few pairs, you know, and it might be a sale or return arrangement. And, you know, with stock, with the supply chain, you know, it's, it's all about feasibility nowadays, isn't it? So for us, we believe that this model, the online stage, is just you know just starting, and we feel like that is where there's going to be huge growth over the next number of years, and that's where we're we're focusing our attention on.
0: Yeah, well, it's uh, again, it's an interesting business model, and and I wish you all the success and luck in the world.
1: Thank you, yeah.
0: Yeah, and, you know, I, I dig what you guys are doing. Um, you know, it's it's an interesting approach to an age-old product, really. Um, are yeah. it, Now, are, are you manufacturing in the UK or are you? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay.
1: At, at the minute, yes, um, which is exciting. And hopefully over the coming months, you know, bring in, and yeah, well, hopefully months, you know, we want to bring it to a, to a, a real tight, timeline but obviously it's it's feasibility it's at the end of the day it's the numbers and, and everything there but hopefully like the whole purpose of me being out here aside from meetings is hopefully to try and you know create a facility or at least an artist hub you know quite like, you know, some of the other fantastic brands like DW and, you know, and and Cali and and all these other amazing companies where there's a hub for their artists to to turn to. There's somewhere they can go, congregate, have a fantastic experience, you know, like the YouTube space almost that's located in every country. You know, we almost want one of those in, in our main, you know, areas, our main sort of coverage areas for us. And, you know, that's, you know, and whilst that, you know, our main focus is online currently, that's not to say that we you know, wouldn't change our model to where we get into the online, you know, go from online to offline and go back into the stores. It's just... Something that, you know, we're only, you know, a, a number of people at the moment and we're hoping to grow that and uh, we have to, you know, we have to turn to what we feel is best. So hopefully, you know, we're everywhere. You know, that's the, the hope with every brand, isn't it? You want as much success as possible and you sure. the brilliant, but it's, it's where opportunities arise and definitely it's, it's, it's extremely difficult to get into these, these companies to be fully transparent to any brand looking to, or even any artist or any industry specialist or any individual looking at a a brand. It's, it's a tough, market you know it's, it's a you know a market and an industry that i'm forever learning and um, and you know i'm just eating that up and, and taking that on board and hopefully you know pointing the brand and steering you know the brand with the help of the artists and the community in the right direction for us so you know fingers crossed you know like i said i really appreciate the look and you know, I think we can we can do it. And, I, and the success we've had so far, you know, where the UK and Europe's largest brand at the minute we're leading um, in terms of online stats, in terms of metrics. there for us, you know, we're, we're touching more hearts on a, on a weekly basis than I could have ever anticipated. You know, a quarter of a million a week is just, you know, for someone at 22 with the company, with the brand, with, you know, the, the incredible artists that support us. It's it's just exceptional, and it, it gives those fantastic, you know, ladies and gentlemen, phenomenal opportunities to have their music showcased, have their them, you know, a spotlight on them for once. Like you're giving me, you know, and I want to say again, yeah. thank you for
0: that. Oh no no no, this is no, this is good, and and I've learned a ton in our chat, and. Um, you know, oh, I appreciate I, that. I, yeah, and, and I keep going back to it, but it, it's a very interesting thing to me, you know, I, yeah. I, I as, as, oh, a, I agree. as yeah. an old school guy, <laughs> it's, it's an interesting approach and, uh, you know, the, hopefully this helps get the word out for you guys, uh, a little Thank bit you, more, yes. you know, um, that's you know, that's what we're hopeful for, but. Um, you know, a- as is our tradition here on the, the drum shuffle, we always ask our guests, you know, a- as we get ready to wrap up, give us yeah. a good piece mm-hmm. of advice. And I think, okay, so, so let's, let's recap real quick. All right. I'm going to, I'm going yeah. to put on <laughs> my, wow. co- I'm going to put on my coach's whistle here real quick. You started gigging, like touring at like eight or nine years old, you went yeah. to law school um yes. <laughs> you own your own drumstick <laughs> company. You you're a go-getter Carlton. That's that's what I'm uh, taking away from this. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. But yeah. you know, all joking aside, you can probably mm-hmm. offer a pretty unique piece of advice for other drummers and musicians being able to wear all those different hats. You know, if yes. if you could impart one piece of wisdom on everybody, what would it be?
1: Wow. What a phenomenal question. It's it's definitely something that I'm growing into, you know, and definitely trying to take a lead in, you know, becoming more of a, a figure in, in this industry and, and taking on that, you know, that challenge, that leadership role for sure. So, you know, it, it's a great outlet and an opportunity to offer advice for me the best piece of advice that I can offer artists is, well, you know, those artists that are sitting on the fence, ready to join their first band, you know, do it, you know, take the leap, you know, take every opportunity as it comes, you know, for me, you know, quite like, right, <laughs> rightly so, Jamie, as you, you know, did that round of summary in my life. It's just, I've never had this opportunity, you know, I've never worked into this opportunity. This opportunity has worked into me. It's it's, it's really fallen into place for me. So take it, do not, you know, look back, just run with it. If it, it, you know, it doesn't work out, you know, consider it a success in itself because, you know, we want that challenge. We want that hardship because through hardship comes success. So for me, that's the, the biggest takeaway I can give. You know, action is everything, you know, move forward positively and collaborate, you know, be a part of a community, create your own community. And, and really, you know, I think success comes from that for sure, but there's so much, you know, there's so
0: much to say. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, there's a ton that you can unpack with that question. Um, you know, and I think given your age and your can do attitude, there's, you know, the world is your oyster, you know, I mean, you, you're, Mm -hmm. we're going to be hearing about you more and more. I, I have a feeling, um, the, Thank you. The burning question is you're running this company, you're you're doing all these great things, you're still playing uh-huh. too, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. From time to time, uh, whenever I'm back in the UK and and when I, when, whenever I'm not overseas, um, yes, I'm, I'm involved with I continue to gig with Rob and with with other acts as well, artists, on a, in a session capacity. But you know, of recent, this has definitely taken up the majority of my time. So, <laughs> I, so you know, selfishly, selflessly, I definitely want to take that step back to help others and help that next artist move forward because. You know, I want those particular artists like myself to run towards those fears, really just, you know... just dive in, you know, whether it takes your parents to, you know, get you involved and give you those opportunities, whether it's your family, whether it's your girlfriend, like, you know, my girlfriend was, you know, phenomenal in setting this conversation up, this co-op and I uh, great gratitude to her as well. And, you know, for, for me, it's just, you know, like I said, just run, run at everything you want to do and, you know, keep, keep doing it. <laughs>
0: yeah, for sure. Well, listen, I I want to thank you for taking some time out of your, um, your your vacation of nothingness since we're in a <laughs> global pandemic. Um, you Thank know, I, you. I I know that you had a lot packed into your time here in the states, and uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, events have prevented you from from doing a lot of the stuff that you had set out to do. But even even before all this, we had set this time aside for us to talk, yes. and, and it was going to be you know, taking some valuable time out of your busy schedule. So thank you so much for, um, you know, coming on and having the conversation. I think it's really great. Uh, Before we let you go, tell everybody where we can find more information, you know, uh, socials, website, all that good stuff.
1: Uh, I definitely want to finish by saying thank you as well, Jamie, and also, absolutely incredible podcast. Thank you for your time today. You know, I, I understand how you know busy you are as a gentleman and as an artist as well, so thank you for that. You know, out of all the artists you could speak with, you chose to speak with little old me. I really appreciate that, absolutely. In terms of finding us and where you can find us, guys, best place is always our socials and our, our website so the website is collisiondrumsticks.com the socials are for instagram at collision at drumsticks for uh for facebook it's facebook.com forward slash collision drumsticks if you want to reach out to me personally my um, handle on Instagram is at Carlton saves Latin. If you want to reach out to me personally and we can continue the conversation there um, and, and you can really just dive into everything we're doing through the website and through the socials. So thank you, Jamie, as well for letting me share that with, with the community.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I'm going to go, I'm just going to say it now open platform here. When you have something to report, you're always welcome on this show so keep us posted Thank you. On, on how everything's going and uh, we'll do part two uh soon how does that sound
1: phenomenal i'm excited jamie honestly i've been really really looking forward to this call you know and, and like i said to you off off Line really, it's one of the first I've done. So, here's to many more, here's to a phenomenal partnership. Really exciting, you know, in terms of obviously getting back on board in part two. I'm looking forward to it. it really excited. Thank you again. I can't thank you enough for the opportunity.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, the pleasure was all ours. Enjoy your time in the States, and we'll talk to you very, very soon, Carlton.
1: Take care. Thank yeah. you.
0: All right, see you now. All right, everybody, that's going to wrap up episode 94 of the Drum Shuffle. Again, I sincerely thank you for listening. I hope everybody is doing well out there and hunkered down. We're all going to get through this thing together. Hey, this is just a reminder. It helps us tremendously if you leave us a star rating or a review and hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you use to listen to the drum shuffle. We're going to continue bringing you episodes every single week as long as we can get guests on the show. You you know how that goes. Um, it's just a really weird Time right now. Next week, I'm going to be joined by Steven Taylor of Steven's Drum Shed, one of the preeminent online drum schools out there. Uh, it's a great conversation that I had with Steven, so you're going to want to make sure you hear that next week. And as always, we answer every single email that we get here at The Drum Shuffle. Our address is podcast at gmail.com. Our web address is thedrumshuffle.com. And you can find more information about me over at jamieeds.com. Make sure you click on those social media links, Follow us in those places as well. It helps us tremendously. Once again, my thanks to Carlton Banks for joining me uh, during, uh, you know, just kind of an odd trip for him to the States, to say the least. Uh, and uh, uh, hopefully he is back home safe and sound uh, in the UK now. So thanks again for tuning in, everybody. Until next time, may your heads stay strong and your sticks never break. Cheers, everybody.